Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we're going to bring you a segment from our Down East Loop webinar series. But before we jump into that, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. If you listened a few weeks ago, you know we brought you a segment from one of our current webinar series. We are busily producing new webinars for you every Tuesday and Thursday, and we're in the midst of a Down East Loop webinar series on Thursday evenings. Many loopers had planned the Down East Loop for 2020 because the closures on the Illinois Waterway make it extra challenging to do the Great Loop, so the Down East Loop was a good alternative for this year. Of course, COVID-19 has that kind of uh, up in the air as well. We're still waiting for the New York State Canals and the Canadian border to open. But while we wait, we did decide to go ahead and bring you this six-part webinar series. What we're going to play for you today is a segment from the first session. This is going to give you an overview of the Down East Loop, which essentially runs from New York City up the Hudson River to the New York State Canals, east on the St. Lawrence Seaway towards the Atlantic Ocean, through the Canadian Maritimes, around Maine, um, the coast of Cape Cod, and, and into Long Island Sound back to New York City. So that's a quick overview of the route. But in this segment that we're going to play today, you'll get a little bit more detail on that as well as some of the things you need to consider as you plan for the Great Loop. Before we jump in, I do want to take a moment to play a message from one of our sponsors. This way we won't have to interrupt the audio from the webinar in the midst. So here's that message from a sponsor. We'll be back in a moment. Good morning, loopers. Many of you are probably already cruising in southeastern waters, and that is where the Salty Southeast Cruisers Net focuses all of its efforts to help you enjoy your time on the water. So as you prepare for the next leg of your journey and as your resource for accurate, timely, and useful information, we want to invite you to use and add your knowledge to the wealth of information that's available through the Cruisers Net in its directories for marinas, bridges, and anchorages, as well as the latest fuel prices in your area. Our mission of Cruisers Helping Cruisers, may we invite you to help those following in your wake by sharing with us your cruising experiences. Thank you. Have a great day. We're back on Great Loop Radio, and I am about to play for you a segment from our Down East Loop webinar series. The next voices you hear will be Denise and Mark Gillespie. They are gold loopers who did the Down East Loop last season, and they are one of three gold, three gold loop couples who are presenting the Down East Loop webinar series for us. So here are Denise and Mark. So a little bit more about us is in order. First of all, uh, we are Gold Loopers. We did the Great Loop in 2015-2016. And we are from Florida, which means to start the Downey Circle Loop, which starts in New York, we have to get up to New York. So we left in 2019, we left in April in order to be in New York. Uh, Pretty much our goal was to be at Shady Harbor Marina for the pig roast and we were successful at hitting that. And then from there, we went north up, you know, in the Hudson 
to pick up the rest of the trip. And we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. Uh, we are not retired. So unlike many of you who are on this call or this presentation tonight, you may be. Um, well, we have to stop periodically. We own a management consulting firm and sometimes we have to go visit our clients. This dictates how long we can stay places or sometimes dictates how long we must stay some places because we have to get in a plane and go visit our clients. Another thing is we're very Catholic, which means we stop for mass every weekend and on holy days. And so we need to schedule for the a church and mass times that can fit our travel plans. Uh, as a result of the Down East Circle Loop, we actually got to experience 16 unique churches, not counting the ones we had already visited before uh, when we did the, the uh, Great Loop in 2015-16. So all of the churches that were new were for the most part from New York, uh, Hudson River Valley, all the way up through and around uh, the rest of the loop. So thank you, Denise. Um, as you can see, this is a, a wonderful picture of our vessel here in Quebec City. We're departing from Quebec City, and we give credit to uh, Anton, who happens to be a Down East Looper. He was actually doing the Down East Loop um, counterclockwise and um, going back home to Toronto and he noticed when we were leaving and took this wonderful picture. So also as Denise mentioned uh, we are not retired so someone has to pay for most of your guys social security out there and, um, and so that's why we the hence of the name of the boat Island Office. Um, so Island Office is a back cove uh, 37 and um, we generally cruise around 20 knots uh, unless conditions dictate differently from the Admiral or speed limits to, the, uh, to a given area like the Chambly Canal or due to rough seas. Um, so your boat may go faster and or slower. Many boats have done these loops uh, at different speeds depending on the capabilities of the crew and the boat, etc. So uh, it just depends on you know, what you guys feel comfortable with. And uh, that's about it for this uh, slide here. So we're going to go ahead and take you through the overview of the loop now uh, to just kind of highlight the route, uh, the most common route, if you will, with a few of the different options that you have. I'm learning how to use all these great, wonderful tools here at my disposal in this presentation. So as we said, the great, uh, the, the uh, Downey Circle Loop starts in New York City, and you're going to go up the Hudson River Valley uh, on an absolutely spectacular run. For those of you that have done the loop, you've seen this. If you haven't done the loop, uh, you'll be amazed. You'll be 30 minutes outside of New York City, and you think you're somewhere else because it's absolutely a spectacular scenery. Of course, you've got West Point and some stops along the way. Very popular locations to stop at by other loopers include Croton on the Hudson, which is on the Eastern Shore, Kingston on the Western Shore, and Catskill on the Western Shore. And people generally go all the way up to somewhere in the neighborhood of New Baltimore, which is where Shady Harbor Marina is. They are, I believe, an AGLCA sponsor, and that they have a big pig roast every June 
And uh, last year, I think there were 34 or so boats, uh, looper boats there just for the pig roast. It was, it was a lot of fun and we got to see people we hadn't seen in a few years. Um, from there, you can go up to Albany and you can stay in Albany and or stay in Troy, uh, New York. And that route will take you up to Waterford and that becomes your first decision point and that is which way do you wanna to get to the St. Lawrence? So one way is to go uh, through the Erie and Oswego Canals, cross Lake Ontario, and then pick up the St. Lawrence and take it all the way direct to Montreal. Or when you're uh, crossing uh, Lake Ontario, after you cross Lake Ontario, you take the Ottawa route through the Rideau to the Ottawa River and then back down to Montreal and back out. From this location here, where all points come together, if you will, you will continue east on the St. Lawrence Seaway. Uh, certainly Quebec City is a very popular stop, as are other stops along the way. I'm going to save that for the other presenters, Dave uh, and Claudia, as on Still Waters too, and also Mac and Vicky on Confetti. They're going to cover different parts of this. Uh, certainly, you'll absolutely positively want to stay in Tadoussac on the Saguenay River because that is the most spectacular, amazing part of this whole trip. And then you're going to run along the coast of either Gaspé Peninsula or the northern shore of the St. Lawrence and then come back down. Uh, there are some other side trips you can take around uh, some of the other parts of the Canadian Maritimes, but the general route is you would round Gaspé Peninsula, see the world-famous Pierce Rock, come down through parts of New Brunswick, run along between New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island, stop at Prince Edward Island, or a couple stops, and then again you can go back to New Brunswick or along the southern shore or come up through Prince Edward Island and then cross. Some people do go all the way around the top of Cape Breton Island, but most people take the Canso Pass. And then from here, you can jump out into a side trip into the Brador Lake, which is spectacular, and we did do that. Um, or you can come around the coast of Nova Scotia, where eventually you'll have to go. And then around from Nova Scotia, back to the coast of Maine, Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, uh, through the Cape Cod Canal, and then around the coasts of Rhode Island and Connecticut, through Long Island Sound and back into New York. There are some people that will run the outside, although it's not as scenic. It's definitely a, a, a lot fewer places to pull in offshore, but most people run the Long Island Sound and then you have your choice. Do you want to run on this, uh, the Long Island side or the Connecticut side? And we've done both back to New York. So that's pretty much the overall view of, of the route that you would take um, through the, uh, the down east of. So for planning purposes, um, some of the resources that you will want to consider are first, the Skipper Bob publications, definitely the New York Canal System Book, which will include both the Erie, Oswego, and as well as the um, Champlain Canal, and there's one other one that takes you along the southern route, uh, they're all in the, the one book for the New York Canal. And then the Rideau and the Ruchelot Canal, even if you only take uh, the Ruchelot, 
If you go up the, the Lake Champlain route, you'll go through the Ruchelo. If you go to Ottawa, you'll most likely take the Rideau Canal. Um, but if you're going to take the route that takes you direct through the St. Lawrence from Kingston and through the uh, Thousand Islands and have no plans to go on the Ruchelo or Rideau, then you wouldn't need this second book. Two other books that you'll want to carry in your library are the Cheryl Barr book, The Downey Circle Route. It's loaded with tons of information, uh, routes, uh, tides, uh, currents that to expect, where to expect rough water, uh, marinas, all types of wonderful information there. And then one of our favorite books is the Main Coast uh, book, A Cruising Guide to the Main Coast by uh, the Tafts and updated by uh, Curtis Rinlaw. Both of those books are, uh, let me just say, I think I've read them both five times each. Other resources for you include links to these government-run uh, agencies, if you will, the New York State Canal System, the Parks Canada website, which is loaded with every park information in Canada, whether it be the Canadian Maritime Parks uh, through Ontario, the Trent Severn Waterway, uh, Kingston, and the Thousand Island area. Um, that's just a wonderful website. And then the Rideau Canal information if you're gonna be specific to the Rideau. Uh, one thing I wanna mention about the New York canals is you can sign up to get, to get an email on latest information. And it's very, very helpful, particularly uh, when they're going to shut down a, a specific lock due to high water levels or because of sources of information that, that might be outdated in your guidebooks but might be more up-to-date for you. So some other things to know before you go. Charts. Make sure you have... Oh, I think Mark's going to cover this area. Um, Want me to cover it? I'll just cover it. Okay, so the charts, uh, air, uh, the thing to know about charts is to make sure you have the appropriate charts for Canada and for the US. Um, we use Navi Navionics and Aquamaps for our um, uh, navigation aids, if you will. Uh, we do not have paper charts anymore. We used to on our boat after years and years of not ever using them. Um, we do have redundancy built in, however, we have between our chart plotter, two iPads and two iPhones, we feel pretty much uh, pretty covered there. Uh, with respect to customs, uh, suggestion before you leave the United States, get your customs sticker, your US customs sticker, it will make it much easier for you for reentry and suggest downloading the Rome app. This enables you to literally you don't ever have to stop again to clear customs. Sometimes you just tell them you're in U.S. waters again and they're happy and they give you a, a text message or an email and allow you re-entry into the country. For Canada, all you really need are your papers, passports and ship documents. That includes your documentation of ownership. With respect to locks, we could spend a whole session on locks. Uh, just the part that I want to highlight here is uh, most of the locks are going to require a paid pass to transit, and they're different types. 
Um, in when the year that we did the Great Loop, we had to purchase both passes for the Canadian locks and for the Erie Canal locks. In 2019, when we did the circle, the Down East Loop, we caught it on a year where it was all free um, uh, for the Erie Canal. But for Canada, we bought a one-way uh, pass that allowed us to go through the one and only Canadian lock plus the Shan uh, Chambly Canal locks. And it so there's different passes and you'll have to investigate what's the one that's correct for you. Um, one thing you want to be aware of, there's a separate pass for overnight stays on the uh, lock walls in Canada. So you can go to the Parks Canada website and they'll fill you in on some of that. Another thing to know about locks is on the St. Lawrence Seaway, and that, this will be for those locks that are west of uh, Quebec and west of, if you take the Champlain route, this will not apply. Uh, for the locks, if you take the direct from Kingston to St. Lawrence or the, uh, that, uh, those locks, they require at least two people on your boat. It's very important, uh, but it's not an issue if you take the Lake Champlain route. Uh, Mark's going to cover the radio. So on the VHF radio, one of the things that um, some people, there's been huge discussions on the forums about do we get uh, FCC licenses because we're going outside the US of A. And uh, for us, we did. I applied for those licenses. When you do, you record all transmission of the respective um, devices that you have on your, on your boat, such as AIS, radar, VHF, et cetera. And uh, even though a lot of people may do it or may not do it in Canada because you're a U.S. boat, we decided we were going to do it for international travel. Um, so we certainly applied for that. We also, uh, when you get into Canada, uh, radios have a button on them to change the frequency so that you're broadcasting on Canada channels versus U.S. channels. So you want to change that when you pop into Canada and then when you pop back into the U.S. of A. And then also, uh, when you're getting into uh, typically the locks, uh, most of the Canadian locks do not use uh, radios at all. It's mostly just word of mouth, walk up, that type of thing. It's very informal. Uh, and then also, most Canadians don't even use the VHF radio. So even though you may go through the whole uh, process of getting a license, uh, it could be a rarity that you're going to actually use the radio out there. Um, you're going to use uh, a lot of times as you're moving through the respective areas, you're going to um, a lot of times have the French um, dockmasters call ahead for you as you go from one marina to another. And then as a, for fuel, it's readily available. Uh, we never had a problem with it. We, since we move fast, we consume a lot of fuel and uh, we were able to purchase it. It's obviously very expensive, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but and it's also by the liter, so you're typically buying you know 3.8 liters of uh, fuel for every gallon that you're uh, going to get. So you know take that into consideration. But they're you know fortunately the U.S. dollar is strong, and uh, so you get a little benefit from that standpoint. So some other things for you to know: um, the transportation can be a challenge in some areas, and not at all in other areas. 
Um, so when I say transportation, I'm talking rental cars, Uber or Uber-like uh, services, or a bus and or a bus. So in the U.S., pretty much everywhere you can get either loaner cars at the marina, rental cars, or Uber available. And in some cases, like Burlington, Vermont, they're readily available in all formats. Um, however, when you get to Canada, uh, they're not as easy to come by as you would expect. Um, I can't talk to the Ontario and east of uh, Montreal areas, perhaps in the big city, not so much of Montreal. However, in Prince Edward Island, we were able to get a car. There is a hotel chain there called the Delta Hotels. There are Marriott-owned uh, properties. And there is a rental car agency in the, dental, in the Delta Hotel in the capital city of, um, uh, no, not Summerfield, uh, Char Charlottetown. Um, in Nova Scotia, good luck you really need to make at least three weeks minimum advanced and then it's a best case they have a very limited number of rental cars in nova scotia and everybody comes there in the summer and everybody wants them so it's really tough to get a rental car also uh, uber is not readily available at all especially in halifax there are some taxi services in halifax but they're very expensive if you want to go a long distance um, bus is the way to go in Halifax if you can. Uh, otherwise, bring your bikes or uh, hoof it on foot. Um, and in very rare cases, you would be able to get some people to uh, Uber it. However, having said that, there were also other parts that people would loan us their car if we needed it. I mean, it, the warmth of the people were, that we would meet in all these little towns were just great. Uh, regarding languages, I know this is a concern for you, especially going into Quebec, Canada, the province uh, where French is the number one choice of the language there. Um, and pretty much you can get English all the way up through Lake Champlain. And the closer you get to the border, you'll start to hear some French. As far south as Burlington, Vermont, for example, um, you'll get a mixture there. Uh, when you cross the border, you'll get a mixture of English and French for some period of time. However, all of your information immediately turns into, when you're in Canada, Lake Champlain route, immediately turns into everything's French-oriented. So all your terms and everything else. Uh, we find that most young people will speak English, and in the big cities, such as Quebec City, it's not an issue. In the smaller towns, it can become an issue. And the further east you go, you'll come to learn this term called Acadian French, which deals with the uh, sector of the people, the Acadian French people who came, and they speak a very different dialect of uh, French. Uh, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to understand when you're in eastern Quebec and the province of New Brunswick. However, once you get to Prince Edward Island in Nova Scotia, English is back and um, you'll actually find yourself kind of missing the French. Uh, so a suggestion is to learn a little bit before you go if you can, and you can do so through uh, Duolingo is an app on your, that you can put on your phones and it'll step you through tutorials. It's a good little way to learn some conversational French. You can also use iTranslate or even if you have services, uh, use Google Translate. Um, 
a hint that I would suggest for the areas in Quebec province is as you're moving forward in your plans, have the marina you're currently staying in call the next marina that you plan to stay at to make your reservations. They can speak the French a lot easier than you can, and it makes it easier. Um, so a few things about food, fog, and lobster. Fog in Canada, expect it. You'll definitely have some. But Maine in August and September, you'll have a lot less than you would if you were in Maine in July. Uh, lobster season differs in Canada than it does in Maine. And in fact, by the time you get to Canada, you probably won't have to dance around any lobster pots. But I can assure you when you get to Maine, you will have to dance around lobster pots no matter what time of year you go. And depending on uh, the season uh, or the month or the week where you are, uh, different locations uh, over different years. Um, so just be wary of that. Be aware, uh, be wary of new foods you're going to see. Um, poutine, kind of like in New Orleans, it's cheese curds with fries and a million other things on top. Uh, in Halifax, they have this thing called Donair pizza, which is Donair is some spiced beef and usually in a Lebanese pita bread, but they serve it on pizza there called Donair pizza. It's quite, quite a different thing. Um, and then when you're moving along, uh, especially because some of the, this particular loop involves some bigger water than what you probably had on the Great Loop. Um, when I said big water, the, the uh, St. Lawrence can be intimidating, the coast of Nova Scotia against winds that uh, are prevailing out of the south at that time of year. Um, coast of uh, New York or New Jersey, for those of you that have not been offshore, all of those require that you have a plan and then you have a bailout or backup plan. So remain flexible where say 50 miles might be your plan, but have identified some potential locations. On the St. Lawrence, there's harbors of refuge, just like off uh, some of the other US coasts in Lake Michigan, et cetera about every 20 miles. So if the weather or the waves become unfavorable, feel free to take one of your bailouts and you'll feel a lot better, you'll be a lot happier. Um, uh, the flip side of that is you can get out there and have a spectacular day. The day we went to all the way to Gaspé Peninsula uh, in one fell swoop from St. Anne Dumont, which is a uh, hundred and some odd miles because we had an absolutely breathtaking spectacular flat seas day and saw whales too. So that was pretty cool. Our thanks to Mark and Denise Gillespie from the Motor Vessel Island office for presenting on the Down East Loop for us. If you're interested, the series is still ongoing. You can catch up on the sessions that have already happened by viewing the recordings. To do so, you go to greatloop.org slash webinars, follow the link to register for the Down East Loop webinar. And once we receive your registration for that, we'll send you a link to those recordings. Hope to see many of you there. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.